Hi, this is Laura with Kick-Ass in Life, where I help you get hired fast, be smart with money, and be a happier and healthier you. It is spring. I just went on a hike, and I am so excited that I can start outdoor exploration again. It has been a long winter. I am so happy to start exploring because I need it. I need to be outside. I don't know about you. But what also spring brings, it brings opportunity. It is a time of regrowth and regeneration, and it's a perfect opportunity to take stock in what you you have in your career and what you like, if you're happy or maybe you're not so happy. So it's a good time to do a little check-in with what you could be doing a little bit differently to make you a little bit happier. And in order to help you in that process, feel free to check out my ebook now live on Amazon, how to kick ass in your career, where we really do a deep dive for what your resume should look like, cover letter, how to interview, how to network, targeted information for your job search that can really help you and propel you on your career path. But without further ado, today's episode is about your career, but it's also about how to look at your career from a really unique perspective. A career is not linear. It is not a ladder. The best way to look at a career is really to start pursuing things that you're really curious about, learning more, finding what interests you, going in a direction, maybe going into this other direction. I've heard it described as a jungle gym, and I love that analogy, and my guest does too. Who is somebody who is looking at a career from a really unique perspective using this concept of pursuing curiosities and play? My guest today is Katie Quinn. She is cool, she is quirky, and she's the definition of a creator. She has a podcast, a food and travel YouTube channel, she wrote an avocado cookbook, and more. She's always side hustling and creating opportunities for herself. Katie started her career in the NBC Paid program then moved to a video journalist at Now This News, and now she's self-employed working in London and taking on projects that interest her. My first couple of projects after I left the staff job were 100% because of some like side hustling I did while I was in the staff job. Like, you know, it's not super black and white. Like now I'm staff, now I'm freelance. There is that, like you have to almost build the path. You have to start to build the path for it before you totally jump off your other path. We work together on a project for Travel Channel. And ever since I've loved staying updated with her adventures, her enthusiasm is contagious. In today's episode, we talk about how to create your own opportunities, what it's like being an influencer, how to work abroad, how to deal with imposter syndrome, and more. Katie Quinn, thank you for being on the podcast. I'm excited to chat with you because you are the definition of a creator. So in all types of media, which I think is super cool. So you have a podcast, your YouTube channel, you created a cookbook, you create recipes, you do everything. And I'm just so curious, like what drew you to that path of sort of creation? Laura, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm thrilled to be here. You kick ass in life and I aspire to do the same. Um, and, and I love how we met um, because I think that that is an example of um, like how, how, why I create and how I got into it, which is that um, I just like, I think I follow random curiosities and take 
any opportunity that seems to be a way to live out an opportunity. And that's how like the projects that we've worked on together, that's exactly what it's been where it's like, Oh, cool. Go to Oregon and like, you know, do fun adventures with a really incredible team of people. Yeah, sure. Like let's, let's do that. Does this make sense? So basically I'm almost a hundred percent motivated by curiosity and seeing where things go. I love that because you're so open to new opportunities. And I think that's really smart because, you know, a career doesn't have to just be like one trajectory. You can collect these different experiences and these different opportunities based off of what is sort of in the universe, which you are doing and doing so well, which I think is a really cool way to approach work. Yeah. Well, you know, I I feel like it's taken me a while to get my mind around the concept and the truth really, like you just said, is like, there, there's no such thing anymore as a career, as like a one thing Mm. that a person does. I'm sure, I'm sure it still exists, but like, it's less and less common. And I have actually kind of struggled with the fact that I am a little all over the place. Like, as you mentioned, like it can be, thought of as a good thing my you know food media chameleon-esque life but but sometimes I can get a little down on myself about it where I'm like Katie why don't you just focus why don't you have this career that's a little more like a like a ladder that I think is a little more digestible in some ways at least like mentally and emotionally and planning wise but I just, I, I don't even know if that, if that exists. Does it? Do you think it does? <laughs> I think for some people it does, but I listened on a podcast recently, which described careers, the way you should look at them, not, is, not as a ladder, but rather as a jungle gym, which I love uh-huh. that because you can jump over here and do the monkey bars over here. Or you can jump over here and go down the slide over here and create your life and career that way, which I think is so much more open-minded than feeling like, okay, I've been at a company for a couple of years. I need to get promoted. I need to move up, but rather that just being open to opportunities and what interests you and kind of going down a path and being like, okay, that's, that's cool. And then like circling around and just collecting experiences along the way. It's just two different ways of looking at it. I love that jungle gym metaphor also because in it is the concept of play which is so important and like there's not play involved in climbing a ladder <laughs> <laughs> um what so to, to walk me through quickly like what were what were some of your first jobs that led you to you know pivot and make this change yeah yourself? so my um well I guess we're talking after college here right because before that like I worked in an ice cream shop and like <laughs> Which I guess, yeah, yeah, like what we're, yeah, but which I mean, I think you are passionate about food, so that is a great demonstration of that. But yeah, when you graduated, what what was next for you? So I, um, my senior year of college, I applied to the NBC Page program and somehow miraculously got in because it is a really competitive program, um, and moved to New York two weeks after graduating and um, and did the Page program, and it pretty much set the scene for everything else that I've done since really I think it was it it allowed me to explore a lot of 
what the media industry has to offer. And are you familiar with the page program? Have you seen 30? I am, and I think it's super cool. And I have not, I think I probably applied back in the day and I did not get in. So congrats for getting in because I know it's super competitive. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, It's something, there's some statistic which is absurd that it's like more, it's harder to get in than it is to get into Harvard, which is absurd (laughs) because like, I think that they just randomly like pick resumes because there's no, because people are so, so many people are qualified, you know? Um, right. Anyway. So yeah, it, it, it is a really cool experience though. What, what happens is you rotate around different, uh, areas of NBC. So like I worked in, um, at the today show for three months and then I had a three month stint working at NBC News Specials, which was like at the time a lot of election coverage because it was 2008. Um, and, and, and I did like a little bit with SNL and then I worked on like their book publishing arm for a little bit. So basically you rotate. So if you love or if you hate a role, it doesn't matter you do it and then you rotate to the next thing. And I just thought that it was such an incredible opportunity to explore. So, so that, that year is when I kind of was like, okay, I like this kind of thing. Don't like that kind of stuff as much. And I kind of like whittled it down that way. That's Um, so cool. Yeah, it was, it was a really, I think that I almost think that every career should start that way. Yeah. (laughs) instead of having to commit right off the back, but maybe that's just my commitment issues speaking up. Um, and then, so then my, then my first kind of like full-time real, real job after the page program was at NBC doing, um, digital video for a branch of NBCnews.com. Um, and around the same time, I became super obsessed with food and read food blogs like Serious Eats and Food 52 like all the time. So I started creating content for those brands as like a freelancer. Actually, I was an intern at Serious Eats while I was working at NBC. Um, and and so and it, it kind of was the first time that I was like, oh, I can... I don't have to just cover news. I can use my media skills to cover things that I'm excited about, which is food. <laughs> right. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. And then uh, then I went to um, Now This News, which was a video news startup. It's still around. It's changed a lot from what it was when I worked there. And I hosted for them. So I did – that's kind of when I, I, my role changed to on-camera Um, which was super cool. But then when I went freelance, it was my chance to kind of combine it all and do production and some on-camera stuff. And um, yeah, took the freelance dive at that point. Got it. And what was something that you grappled with? Because if you're going to be freelance, you have to know, um, you know, you have to be okay with uncertainty. You have to be okay with not necessarily knowing with you when you're where your next paycheck would come from. How did you deal with some of those issues of uncertainty when you were first starting to dive into that freelance? Well, the, the fact is like, I'm still not entirely okay with some of it. Cause it is like, it's, it can be hard. Like it's a part of what you sign up for. Um, and, and it doesn't necessarily get easier. I think now I'm a little more like, okay, something like, 
I'm working on this project and I don't know what the next one's going to be, but I bet you anything by the time I finish this product project, another project will pop in. So it's more of just like trusting in myself, trusting in the network that I've, that I've built. Um, but it doesn't necessarily get easier, but I do think that I have always had an inclination towards being a freelancer and slash the way that I like to think about it is self-employed and it's really semantics, but, um, I've always wanted to be self-employed and I'm a very driven person and have no problem getting up early and making a to-do list and executing it throughout the day where I think, um, you know, some of my friends, even my partner has said like, I don't know how you like it, you know, some people need more of a structure. Um, and I think I actually work better creating my own structure. Yeah, I think that's really smart to look at how you respond to work, which could be different than how somebody else responds to work. Right. So you could, um, and I think it's like how you're motivated and it's a lot of different factors because I do think some people would not necessarily thrive um, under that environment. Sometimes people need a boss to tell them what to do, but right. other people are motivated by creating their own opportunities and making it happen for themselves. So I think it's good to like know yourself in that way. And I'm curious with you, Laura, like how would you define yourself? Because you have this awesome staff job, but then you also have like this side hustle. And I feel like you are just a person who creates and has side hustles. And how would you define yourself? Like, do, do you work well in the staff role, even though you're also kind of an upstart person? You know, I think that there are, I'm, I'm like a little bit on the fence because I haven't yet taken the leap to create my own opportunities where I'm, you know, profiting from that and, and making money. So it's, I'm totally, I know that I'm capable of doing it, but I haven't yet taken that dive. And I know that I like thrive, um, you know, creating work myself and creating a thing myself. And, and so when I, you know, execute on projects for, um, and videos for my staff job, it's, it's good, but it's not my creative vision. And so I, I get so much satisfaction out of this side hustle and out of, other projects that I've done on my own where I'm like the creative force behind it. Um, you know, so it's hard cause I know that I am capable of doing those things. Um, and, but it's just, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence because I haven't yet taken the plunge into being self-employed, but I love that pivot, of, you know, thinking of yourself, not as a freelancer, but as somebody who is self-employed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have really come to, um, yeah enjoy that term <laughs> over freelancer. And again, it, it, I don't know if it's just in my head. Um, but I, I also think that calling myself self-employed, there's more of an entrepreneurial vibe to it. And I have such an entrepreneurial spirit that I am very, um, attracted to that, but also just going back to you saying like of taking the leap, um, for context, I want to add that when I took the leap, um, I, so I, I had this, this great job at now this news, I was a VJ. So like reporting on camera every day it was a startup though. And it, it, it was changing a lot and they were starting to pivot to 
um, like the quick hit Facebook text on screen video that is now so ubiquitous, right? So like now this started that trend. Like they were, it was, it was an awesome company. I'm not just saying it because I was a part of it. They they were very groundbreaking in a lot of digital video things that we see now that are just norms now. Anyway, the context of me leaving that role was that when they started to pivot to text on screen, my job was quickly disappearing, right? So like I was still, I still had a job and I hadn't had any conversations with any higher ups like, okay, the way this company is turning, you know, we're a startup and we're changing and it's in a way in which we don't know <laughs> what your role will become. I could, I could kind of like read between the lines and my day to day wasn't, I just felt like a little stunted because I wasn't doing as much of what I was hired to do. I was doing a lot of VO work now and like talking over B-roll footage. And, and I think that because there were three VJs and all of us around the same time started looking for other jobs. Um, and, and for me, I just knew that I would want to try freelance as, as my next thing. Um, but if that role had remained super stable and super awesome, I don't think I would have taken the leaps. So do you see what I mean? Where the contract yeah, totally. like and I think, for it. And what is so smart about that though, is you, you kind of took your head out of the sand to look around and see, oh, huh, this is, this is, we'll be changing in the future. And yeah. I mean, a full-time job, a staff job is not necessarily secure. There's like, <laughs> look around, like there's so many digital media companies that are doing yeah. tons of layoffs. And so I think um, what is wise is for if anybody has a passion for tra- creating a little side hustle or something beyond the day-to-day, I totally encourage it because it is diversifying your opportunities. So, you know, by um, freelancing on the side or, you know, doing whatever you can in the confines of your job. But um, for me, creating this podcast is a way that I can diversify my skill set, but who knows where, where it'll lead. And it's just, it's good trying because you don't know even a staff job is unsecure. Exactly. Exactly. And like, yeah, who knows where this podcast or any other side hustle you have might lead you. Like my first couple of projects after I left the staff job were a hundred percent because of some like side hustling I did while I was in the staff job. Like, you know, it's not super black and white. Like now I'm staff, now I'm freelance. There is that, like you have to almost build the path. You have to start to build the path for it before you totally jump off your other path. Totally. And the network, because it's all about who you know um, and whatnot. And, And your network is so large. And now, I mean, you're a quote unquote influencer. I don't know if you like that term or not, but you have um, a lot of influence and you have a lot of followers who are so curious about what you're up to. Um, what would you recommend for anybody who's who sees that and, and is maybe interested in following a similar path? Yeah, this is such a good question. And then I actually had a similar conversation with um, one of my good college friends who uh, our, our careers have always kind of paralleled each other, but 
all those years I was in New York, she was in LA. She's still in LA. Um, and she, her name's Rachel Rudwall. She has a baller travel Instagram presence. Um, and she does like a whole variety of things, but we were college roommates and we just recently caught up. Um, and, and it was like, because she, she makes her living as an influence now, now, basically, I I forget how many followers she has on Instagram, but it's like, uh, I want to say over 150,000 on Instagram alone. And I was like, you know, after college, when we went from being like roommates, would you, would your next step have been instead of moving to LA and she worked at a production company as a PA, right? Kind of like how I worked at NBC as a page as like the same kind of really low level job. I was like, would you have gone and done that and worked your way up if you had known that you could have bypassed all of that stuff by just starting an Instagram presence, like right off right. that. And, and our conversation basically, and we agreed that like, well, hey, hypothetically, yeah, like it's kind of awesome. Even now that like, you know, I wouldn't have to go to like in the middle of nowhere, Montana and, and report for a local news station in order to do videos. I just started a YouTube channel, you know? Um, but at the same time, it's like, we got so, we learned so much in those years from being around people, storytellers who were so good at their jobs. And I do, I do think that like, that should not be underestimated. Knowing that you don't know everything, knowing that you are really at the beginning of your career and that you have a whole lot to learn from other people. And so I think that like, yeah, if someone was your question like if someone who wants to be an influencer, like what yeah, would yeah, them? what would what would you tell them? Which I think that's really smart is to potentially, you know, if you're interested in that, continue make the Instagram, do the things, create. But at the same time, find all of the ways that you can learn. And that might be a that might be being a production assistant. That might be an entry-level job and in, in something you're interested. In. But continually building building your thing on the side and then learning as much as you can from people who are better than you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, start it. Start the thing that you want to start, but but know that you that there's more to learn and then seek out seek out the learning. I love that. And so you're somebody who puts yourself out there. You are on camera. You're bold. How how do you deal with imposter syndrome? Oh, Laura, this is such <laughs> it's such a good question it, because it's real, right? Like imposter syndrome is real. And how do I deal with it? Well, you know what I'm trying to do as of late, especially because imposter syndrome is is something that is being talked about more, which I think is wonderful. Um, I, I'm trying to acknowledge it as imposter syndrome whenever I feel it. So like, okay, yep, that's what this is. This is a normal thing to be feeling and to be going through. And then to turn it around and and have it, or to acknowledge how it helps me. Because sometimes when I am feeling imposter syndrome or or dealing like 
with the whole not good enough thing, you know what that makes me do? It motivates me to get my ass in gear and to like do the extra research, do the extra work that to make me not feel like an imposter. So right. I, really, I really try to frame it as like, okay, it's a thing that exists and can get me down, but why don't I turn it and, and make it help me? I think that's so healthy. I think that's really, I think that's really smart because we all deal with it. But I think part of, you know, dealing with anything is acknowledging it exists. Even I was talking to somebody about burnt, uh, if you feel burnt out at work and it's just oh, like yeah. the feeling, just acknowledge it, that that is a feeling that you're having and that's like half of it. And so it's just like, okay, now that I'm experiencing it, like, how am I going to deal with it? Um, which I think is really, really great. And knowing that like everybody is dealing with that. Yeah. I love the, I love the comparison you made with burnout. Cause it's true actually. And I haven't, I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah. I, I don't think I've given as much thought to the burnout factor, but you're right. There's a lot of parallels. <laughs> um, what, so, and then one last thing I wanted to chat with you about is you move, you made the move to London and you moved from New York in your Brooklyn apartment to to a different country. Um, what was that move abroad like? And would would you what were some challenges and would you recommend it? Yeah, I would totally recommend it. It's been quite the adventure. Some things have been challenging. The challenging things are um I guess like a lot of the, just like the logistical crap that you don't think about when you're like, oh, that's the dream. It's like, no, actually there's a whole lot of bureaucratic stuff that I have to learn and then like get into in this system. And sometimes just making a simple thing happens is so much harder than it ought to be, but you know, whatever it's little beans in, in the long run of life. But um, the other big challenge for me is that my entire professional and personal um, network is in the States. And I moved over here with my partner and um, because his job got us the visa. <laughs> right. And, and so it's great because yes, technically I can do what I do from anywhere as long as there's internet access. Yes, there is truth to that. Hence the way that we've worked together, right? I've, I've lived in London when we've worked on projects together, totally. which is super great. But it has, it has been honestly a bit more of a challenge than I, than I thought it would be at the same time. And to put like a really positive spin on it, for every time I felt like I've missed out on an opportunity because, oh, I'm not in New York anymore. I'm not in the States you know, I could have blah, 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 because I will get people emailing me even still. I've been here for almost two years now saying like, basically offering me an opportunity. And then as soon as I like, you know, I'm in London, right? They're like, oh, okay. We, we don't have budget for that. It's like, okay. All right. Goodbye. Uh, anyway, sorry, I'm getting on a tangent. The fact is that for every opportunity I feel like I've missed, another one has come and something that's been more interesting. And maybe it's not like as profitable, <laughs> but it has, I think that I'm growing my brand and I'm growing personally in ways like, like a tree, like growing yeah. branches versus 
just like maybe growing straight up, kind of back to your jungle, jungle gym. gym yeah, you're, <laughs> you're playing yeah. on the jungle, jungle gym. Exactly. It's like my arm is reaching out and finding this new bar, like, you know, to the left of my foot that I didn't even know was there. But then I go and I grab it and I'm like, oh, cool. There's a bar here. <laughs> so what is next for you? How are you kicking ass? How are you keeping it quirky? Uh, which is your, your phrase, which I love. What's next for you? You know, I always be keeping it quirky. Whatever I do. <laughs> um, I, uh, so I'm, well, I don't know how, actually how much I can say, but I've got a fun book project coming up that I'm working on and very excited about and a video series that is directly tied to a aforementioned book project that those are the things I'm um, really excited about off offhand um, yeah and and then just really quickly I mentioned this Seth Godin workshop I'm into you before we started recording and that has just started so many little ideas in my head about like food product businesses and stuff. So it's a it's a whirlwind of ideas. Oh, I love it. You always have so many great ones. So congratulations on what you're working on now and your the path that has sort of like brought you to where you are. And I cannot wait to keep up and see how the future goes. Um, but tell us how we can find you if you want to share your social. Yeah, so you guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at QKatie. So sometimes people think I'm saying cute Katie. And I'm like, no, I'm not calling myself cute. I'm not that full of myself. Um, Q, the letter Q, as in my last name, Quinn. Q Katie. Um, yeah, and that's what my YouTube channel is as well. And I also have a podcast called the Keep It Quirky Podcast. Oh, amazing. Katie, thank you so much. Laura, thank you so much for having me. It's so good to talk to you. That's it for today. Thanks to Katie for all of her great suggestions and tips and and unique perspective, which I think we need when we are looking at our careers because it is not just a ladder. And thanks to Katie for her unique perspective on how to look upon a career. And I think it can be a really great way for us to look upon our careers and our jobs and to figure out what's next for us. So here are today's top takeaways. So feel free to pause this, get out a pen, or use this opportunity to write in your notes app. I like Bear app. I think that's working really well for me. Um, so here are today's top takeaways and quick tips. I love what Katie said about following these random curiosities. So really diving into what interests you, seeing where it leads, she described her life as this food, media, chameleon-esque life, and I love that. So what does that look like for you? When Katie took the dive to freelance, she really trusted in herself and she trusted in her network. When Katie made the switch to freelance, she talked about how important it was to really trust in herself and trust in her network that it would produce the work and the opportunities. And some things that helped Katie when she made the dive to freelance were understanding how she liked to work. So she knows that she can wake up early, make a to-do list, but also some people maybe need structure. So know what works for you. And when you, when you take the plunge, be side hustling for a little while, make sure it's viable, make sure it's working before you, before you take the dive. And then once you do trust yourself and trust your network. I like what Katie said about how to be an influencer. So she is that because people follow her on Facebook, on Instagram. She has great things to share on social media. And I encourage you to follow along with all of her adventures. 
But when asked whether or not she would be willing to bypass all of the experience that she had at NBC and now this news, the way she described it is she learned so much from those first jobs and there is no replacement from learning from really smart people. So surround yourself with really smart people. Careers are not black and white. You know, staff job versus side hustle. It's We all live in this kind of gray area. So create that side hustle for yourself if you're interested. Start building the path. Make sure it's viable before you jump off on onto your other path. But it's worth taking a chance on yourself and trusting yourself because you're the only person who can do that and know what you're totally capable of. Just make sure you have a plan of attack before you do that. Lastly, when you deal with imposter syndrome, one of the first things to do is to acknowledge it, address that it exists, and then maybe you're actually spending a little extra time doing the work so you so you feel a little bit extra prepared. But knowing that everyone goes through it can also help you understand it. It is a thing that exists. Turn it around and use it to motivate you. That's it for today. Thank you for giving this a listen. If you liked this episode, please rate it, review it, share it. It helps others find it. And my ebook is now live on Amazon. You can find out more information on kickassin.life. If you have questions, email me kickassinyourlife at gmail.com or follow along on social kickassin.life. I'm here to help you. I want to help you. So let me know how I can do that. So go kick ass in your career. Until next time.